0: Hey everyone, welcome again to our worship service. We're so glad you're joining us uh, this morning or at your leisure, Um, uh, but we're just glad and excited to have this opportunity to worship together and blessed that you've been with us this morning. I'm going to be continuing our, our sermon series entitled Growing Season. We've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit, kind of founded in some of the words that Jesus gives us in John 15, where Jesus reminds us that He is the vine and the Father is the gardener and we are the branches. And then Jesus goes into this explanation just reminding us that Our work is to remain in the vine if we desire to bear fruit. One way we remain in the vine is obeying commandments. And when we obey the commandments that Jesus has laid out for us, we also live by the Spirit. And living by the Spirit produces fruit. Galatians 5, 22-23 tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. When we live by the Spirit, when we obey Jesus' commandments, commandments, we bear fruit. So when we're going through this current season, how we're approaching this fruit of the spirit is, how are you growing in the spirit? How are you growing in the fruit of the spirit? This morning, we're going to focus on kindness. Kindness is um, one of God's greatest gifts to us. Kindness for many of us is how we are introduced to Jesus. In fact, God sending Jesus is one of his greatest kindness to us. That Jesus left heaven is God's kindness to us. That Jesus walked this earth to show us how to live in love to please God is God's kindness to us. That Jesus went to Calvary Street and died on the cross for us is God's kindness to us. That God raised them from the dead is God's kindness to us that Jesus is now ascended and in heaven seated at the right hand of father is God's kindness to us that Jesus is preparing heaven for us is God's kindness to us but kindness also reminds us of God's love and care in fact you probably can't see but I'm wearing my newest um, fashion threads this is actually an ascension day t-shirt that someone in the congregation made because I made a a comment about a month or so ago about how you know the church, when they set up, you know, Easter and Eastertide, they purposely set it up as a celebration after the Lenten season. And they wanted to have it a longer season than the Lenten season. And Ascension Day, when Jesus goes up, was a celebration. So someone was kind enough to make me a t-shirt. So now I get to celebrate Ascension Day, which is Thursday, with my new t-shirt that I'm probably going to wear again. Um, but I think also kindness sustains us. So it not only reminds us of God's love and care, it sustains us. You know, just last night, uh, I was sitting at the dining room table, and I got a, um, a doorbell ring. And so I thought it was just a delivery person dropping off something and running away. And it was one of my neighbors. You know, we did the distancing, and, and across the, the the distance, she told me that, her daughter had been watching, you know, our girls um, are six and four. She's been watching them play, and she found um, uh, 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 some seeds for a children's garden, and she first of all felt like she's too old to do a children's garden, and she was wondering if our kids wanted the children's garden. So that kindness that my my, my little neighbor Lucy shared with my daughters was able to sustain me, sustain us. Kindness is, is basically God showing us how he wants us to live and love. D.A. Carson, who is a, a a New Testament scholar says this, and I, I've been thinking about this for the last week or so. Jesus is God's exegesis to us. Exegesis is the Greek word that basically means to make known, to tell, to narrate. Um, and the idea here is that when we look at Jesus, if we want to understand what God looks like, we need to look at Jesus. And the scripture echoes this teaching too. John, who was Jesus' best friend, says if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father because Jesus came to make the Father known. Jesus himself says, to see me is to see my Father because when you see me, you know my Father. The, the, the writer of hebrews put to like this god first sent the prophets to tell us about him and god has now chosen to send his son who is the exact representation of god and then paul in colossians says the father was pleased to have the fullness of god dwell in jesus christ so this morning as we look at kindness as we think about what is kindness we're going to look at jesus the full representation of god Jesus is God's kindness personified. Jesus teaches us that kindness is how God loves us and what God calls us to do the same. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 4. I'll be reading Mark chapter Mark chapter 5, excuse me. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 34. Mark 5, 25 to 34. Starting at verse 25. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Let's pray. Father, God, we thank you that Jesus personifies your kindness, that Jesus is your exegesis. Jesus is the explanation. Jesus is you being told to us. So, God, we thank you for this story and many more that reminds us that we serve a good God, a kind God, a loving God. Lord, we pray this morning that we may not only bask in your kindness, but that we may hold on to it. And that we may be challenged to go out and be kind and be loving as our God is kind and loving. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. So this story is interesting because in, in Mark chapter 5, Jesus showed kindness actually three different times. And our, our story that we're going to look at this morning is actually the middle story. The first one is a, a kind of familiar story. Jesus and his disciples encounter a man who ha, had been demon possessed. In fact, he was so strong that nothing can hold them and, and the demons were inside of him. And, and then what's fascinating about the story is as Jesus is walking up, the demons that are inside the man recognize and they submit to Jesus' authority. And when Jesus says you know who are you they say legion so it's not just one demon but it's a legion of them in this man and Jesus then has the power and the authority to command those demons and they go into pigs and the pigs run off the side of the hill and and then that man is now in his right mind and Jesus's kindness is not just to put that man in his right mind but at the end of the story the man is healed he's able to go back into the community he's able to be accepted into the community but all he wants to do is follow Jesus. And I love that Jesus says, no, your job is to stay here. Your job is to be a witness of what has happened. Your job is to go and tell the people what has happened to you. Jesus gives him kindness to put him in his right mind. And then Jesus gives him kindness to invite him to do God's work. The last story in this chapter is when Jesus heals Jairus' daughter. Jairus is um, an individual who was very, very powerful. He was very, very influential. He was, Yes, he was part of the, the, the ruling class in the temple. But Jairus comes to Jesus in submission. So first you see the, the, the demons submitting to Jesus. Now you see a human power submitting to Jesus. And Jairus comes and says, Jesus, my daughter is dying. In fact, she might be dead already. Jesus, I need you to go. And what's fascinating is that after Jesus heals the, the demon-possessed man, he's going to Jairus's house to heal Jairus's daughter. While all this is happening, a crowd has gathered in and around him, and as he's on the way... Our story happens. And if you don't know the story of Jairus, you know, by the time Jesus gets there, the girl had died. And, you know, there was professional mourners and wailers and everything. Yet Jesus takes, you know, uh, two or three of his disciples, three of his disciples, and he goes into the room and raises the girl from the dead. What a kindness to that family, that their faith and Jesus's power was able to unite to bring this girl back to life. But when I think about kindness, the story that always jumped out, even in that chapter, was Jesus healing this sick woman. Jesus had healed the demon possessed man. Jesus had left that area and was going down to, to Jairus's house. He had drew a crowd all around him. He had met Jairus on the way. And this woman was just a face in the crowd. When I was a kid, I used to love getting Sports Illustrated. And in Sports Illustrated, the the, the first two or three uh, chapters, the first two or three pages, there was always something called Faces in the Crowd. And they would highlight, you know, amateurs or this is before Google, right? This is before ESPN was online and all that. So I actually loved reading about people and kids my age or people a little bit older from all over the country and, and some cool athletic things they did. So they were just faces in the crowd. But when I was thinking about this woman, I was thinking about all the people who are amazed by Jesus, who are following Jesus. And she was just a face in the crowd. Yet this was a woman with a story. See, for 12 years, she had this bleeding issue. For 12 years, she had gone to doctors and and all the the wisdom of her day and still nothing. For 12 years, she had spent everything she had and it only kept getting worse. Now for us, we're trying to figure out what is this bleeding issue? But what we know for sure was that it was a physical condition that made her feel spent. It was a a financial condition that spent a lot of her resources. But it also came with social and religious ostracization because she was unclean so because she was unclean she couldn't worship God in the temple because she was unclean she had to be aware of who was around her and she couldn't touch people this woman had you know in in that, that, that day and age um the average life expectancy for women was like 40 years so one of the things I've been thinking about is that you know Depending on when you consider she an adult at that time, 12 years is the majority of her adult life. For the majority of her adult life, she had had a physical issue that left her a social pariah and ostracized from even worshiping God. So when she hears about Jesus, she goes to Jesus and then reaches out in faith to Jesus. This unclean woman should not be in a crowd Yet her faith in Jesus took her. This unclean woman should not touch anyone because if she touches anyone in that culture, that made them unclean. But her faith takes her to Jesus. And what I love is immediately she goes and she reaches and she grabs maybe the hem of his robe. And immediately the woman feels the power. Immediately she's healed. Immediately she's touched. Immediately she's changed. And I think what i missed for years is immediately she's known. But it also happens to Jesus, too, because he's walking through the crowds with his disciples. He's focused on getting to Jairus' house, and that's what they're thinking about. But as soon as she touches him, he feels the power go out of him and into her immediately he's changed from going in and being focused on getting to Jairus's house to stopping in this crowd and saying who touched me and I love the disciples because they're so real in this moment it's so human they're like uh, um Jesus we're in a crowd like tons of people are touching you right now like what do you mean who touched me but Jesus knew something happened and this lady who had been physically um struggling who had been socially outcasted who had been religiously ostracized She gets called a daughter of the king. Jesus greets her, not as the woman who's been suffering from this physical um, 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 problem, not as this woman who's been ostracized, but his first words to her are, Daughter, your faith has made you well. The woman comes before Jesus bowed scared trembling because she knew that she was unclean and she shouldn't be in a crowd she knew that she was not accepted by by even her own religious leaders of the day she knew that by law she shouldn't be there but the kindness and grace of Jesus heals her and her faith makes her well by Jesus's power when we're thinking about plants, at least I've been thinking about plants more than ever in this season. We've been sharing just the basics, right? They need water to grow. They need nutrients, fresh air, um, healthy soil, light, temperature, space, time. And just a reminder to us that if we're gonna be growing in this season, we need to be fed by God. We need to be breathed on by the spirit. We need to make sure we're surrounded by a healthy community. We need to make sure that our eyes are on Jesus and that Jesus is shining on us and through us. And we need to give ourselves time and re- Room to grow. But when I was thinking about Jesus' kindness, not just in this story, but in all of Scripture, in all of His story, I realized that the one we serve, the King we serve, is really the kind hearted one. Because Jesus' kindness is what moves them to act. To heal the demon-possessed man here, to heal the woman who's bleeding, and to heal Jairus' daughter. But Jesus' kindness is also particular. You see, what the demon-possessed man needed was very different than what the woman needed. was very different than what Jairus and his family needed. But Jesus' kindness reveals God. That demon-possessed man was forever changed, for he knew God not only put him in his right mind, but God changed his destiny and gave him a voice to be a witness. That woman who was ostracized from society now is welcomed back in and doesn't have this physical issue, and she's able to worship God because God healed her and welcomed her as a daughter, and little Jairus' daughter gets to live. Jesus' kindness brings back life. And if Jesus is our kind-hearted king, the challenge for us this morning is how can we be the kind-hearted ones? You know, my favorite artist is a, a guy by the name of Ben Harper. If you've been here for a while, you probably know that, right? Um, and Ben Harper had released a new song this week. And the song was interesting because... The song is uh, Don't Let Me Disappear, right? And, and for some reason, it struck a chord in me, and I was just like, why does that sound familiar? You know, and shout out to ninth grade English, because I remember that's a line from the book Catcher in the Rye. Most of us suffered through it, but you might have liked it, right? But in Catcher in the Rye, the, the, main, uh, uh, the main character is Holden Caulfield. And part of this book that's really, really interesting is Holden is, is not just, you know, this angsty teenager, you know, who just hates everyone and all that, but Holden's actually dealing with trauma, and the loss of his brother and the loss of his younger brother. And there's a scene in the book where he's walking and he starts actually talking to his younger brother. And that's the line that he says because he doesn't want to lose his younger brother who's now gone. He's dead and gone. And he says this over and over. Don't let me disappear. Don't let me disappear. And Ben sings it. And I don't know Ben Harper personally and maybe he never read Catcher in the Rye. But I think that's the same thing he's saying in the song. Don't let me disappear. When I think about how we are to be kind, I think about the Rye. yes. I think about Ben Harper's song, yes. But I think about the people all around us. And I think that's God's call to us. We must not let them disappear. And I think if we're willing to be kind, they can be seen, they can be known, and they won't disappear. Let God's kindness move you to act ask God what particular kindness does this person need this person who's in my purview this person who's in my life this person who's in front of me this person I'm relating to what is the particular kindness that they need pray that God's kindness in you and through you reveals God to them so people don't just say hey nice job but they glorify your father in heaven But also, like Jesus, expect God's kindness to bring people back to life. You, by being kind, will look at your world that's hurting, that may be broken, that may be suffering, that may be alone. They will look at your world that feels like they're disappearing or feels that no one sees them, no one knows them. And your kindness, with God's power in you, won't let our people disappear. God teaches us to be kind because God is kind. God calls us to be kind because we can show the world what his love looks like, what it feels like. God wants us to be kind-hearted like our Jesus because when we do so, we will not only glorify our Father in heaven, but we will welcome our sisters and brothers back home. God bless you.
1: I am forgiven The King of Kings calls me His own Beautiful Savior I'm Yours forever Jesus Christ, my living hope And hallelujah Praise the One who set me free Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise Begin to break. Out of the silence, the roaring lion, declare the grave has no claim on me. Oh, Jesus, yours is the victory. Halle and hallelujah. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me, you have broken every chain, there's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope, Jesus Christ, my living hope, Jesus Christ, my living hope.